back here at Holy Cross in Worcester Park Center on the campus of the Holy Cross Crusaders. And with us, Mike McMahon joining us for the first installment of the McMahon Report here on Merrimack Radio. And uh, Mike, uh, several chances in that second period for the Warriors to extend their lead to 3 to nothing, which might have put the game away, and including those back-to-back power plays midway through the period. They weren't able to do so and now find themselves in a dogfight going into the third. Yeah, I still think they look good. And I think they're, they're learning to play with the lead again. I mean, for a while, this is a team that, that knew how to win because they had a bunch of guys that won a lot of games here, and that really isn't the case anymore. I mean, you turn the classes over every four years. So I think they're a group that still, especially with so many new faces, is, is trying to learn how to play with the lead a little bit and learn how to win games. And they've got the one goal there that they give up in the second period. It deflects off one of their own guys in front. It's sort of a messy goal. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I, I think they're playing well with the lead other than that one little breakdown there, and even then the puck deflected off their own man. So uh, I think if before this game, if, if, you, if you told everybody in that locker room they go in the third period with a lead, they, they take it. So now it's just about defending the last 20 minutes, which statistically most teams can do. They got, they got to show it. Yeah, winning one road game all of last year, the game up at Clarkson, uh, you know, that's not going to cut it this year, obviously. So uh, any, I would say at this point, you start off 2014-15 with any kind of a road win. However you have to squeak it out, that's a good start, no matter how you how you look at it. But uh, I think this is a team that, as we're going to see throughout the season, there's going to be growing pains, right? There's going to be times that they're, uh, you're going to be wild by some of the things some of these kids will do, and there's going to be other times that you might shake your head and, and know that... Uh, you know they need things that they're going to have to work on. But uh, you know what's what's the buzz you're hearing down there? It seems like you know as they've said a lot of the. the the existence of there being such a large freshman class does seem to have uh, infused some life into the program. What, what do you uh, what do you attribute that to? I, I think it's just so many new faces that don't know any better. A lot of these guys, you know, they for a while there in the late 2008-2009 where they were recruiting that 2010-11 team, especially a lot of those guys came from programs that won a lot of games and won championships, and and that's they they sort of went back to that well a little bit. I think a lot of these guys that they recruited, like Mark Viega last year was in the RBC Cup, I believe. And Brett Cini's team, I think, went pretty far in the, in the Ontario League playoffs. So they've got some guys that are used to winning games, and I think sort of had that expectation that they're going to win games. Because especially coming in as freshmen, this team may have lost a lot of games last year, but I think they looked at it and goes, we, we weren't here. <laughs> you know, that had nothing to do with us. So they're sort of writing their own story that's starting uh, starting here tonight. And I, I think that's part of it. We've got so many new guys that, that don't know the pains of last year. They don't. They can't dwell on it. It's just all about what's what's ahead of the road for them. Yeah, as we sort of preview this season here, this being the first game of, of this campaign, uh, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention what happened with Austin Plevy. I mean, such a highly regarded player to have come in. I know you were following the, the case uh, very closely, so folks should go and check out uh, your blog and your articles on it at themacreport.com. But obviously, a heralded player coming in and uh, ended up deciding to leave just at the very start of the school year, and, and uh, now, as it turns out, is committed to show up at UMass next year and play for them. Um, what, what was your sense of, uh, of, you know, nobody went on the record at saying anything about it, and they would just as soon, you know, forget about it, but what was your sense? I, I got the sense last week from, from talking to some of the guys off the record that it was a kind of case of, well, you know, anybody who doesn't want to be here isn't somebody that we want to have here. Is that the same feeling that you got? Uh, definitely, yes. Uh, I say that without question. Uh, 
like you said, not a lot of people wanted to talk about it on record, which I understand. Um, and, and, you know, I have to ask the questions because that's what I'm paid to do, and uh, no one has to answer it. At the same time, I, I even reached out to, to Plevy through the, the Brooks Bandit organization in the Alberta League, and they I think I emailed them two or three times over the last month. They ignored every single one of them, and that's fine. Um, but, yeah, uh, the impression I'm getting from, from talking to a, a lot of different people around the team off the record is we want to go we want to go to battle with the guys that want to be here. And, and if somebody didn't want to be here, then so be it. Um, you know, I know the NLI issue cropped up this week where I guess it wasn't processed in time, so he's going to have four years to play at UMass. And, and people were you know, a little upset with that, which, you know, it was a blunder. I think on Merrimack's part, no question that it wasn't filed, but it, it certainly wasn't going to stop him from leaving if he wanted to. I mean, he, he left under the impression that it was active. Uh, so I, that is what it is. And like you said, I think moving forward, uh, they just want to win or, or play games and hopefully win games with the guys that want to be here. He clearly didn't, so they move on. Kind of, uh, you know, is a microcosm of some of the things we've seen, I think, around the country. And, you know, you, you had a Sonny Milano decommitting from uh, whatever you want. I, I realize it's a whole bit of, you know, that's not a word and yeah. everything. I know Jeff Jack, and I agree, totally agree with that. But no, 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 I'm more so chuckling because he's done it, he did it twice. Right? Yeah, right, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Was it Sacred Heart first and then... Uh, I'm sorry, the, Notre Dame and then BC. Right, right. Yes, yeah, oh yes, right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, we've had a lot more of these cases going on. And uh, how do you think it affects the way that, that teams will recruit and, uh, and and the way that they'll act after they have a, uh, I suppose, a commitment from a player? But even before, or even, I guess, in this case, you know, you look at what happened with Clubby. He signed the yeah. national letter of intent, and it was good for two years. He signed it, what, two years ago, I think? And and, uh, and yet still didn't didn't end up coming. Yeah, I think the gentleman's agreement, which uh, we I had a, a big story on CHN last week. I think it was right. wrote on Monday. I don't think it actually exists. I, I, I think some people are following it. Like Merrimack, for instance, I, I flat out asked Coach Dennehy, do you guys adhere to it? And he said, yes, we do. You know? And they're not the only one. A lot of other coaches lot, have said the same thing. I agree. I, I think, uh, I don't know if it's down the middle or if it's leaning one way or the other. I think there's a, a large chunk of teams that ignore it. Some have come on record and said it. BC, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, I know are three prominent ones off the top of my head that have basically said, we're not going to acknowledge it. So here's my question then. Why, why why is it the big players, as it seems to be, are the ones that are trying to end the, that gentleman's agreement and, and, and be able to keep recruiting these players until they actually are able to sign the letter of intent? I think ultimately it's easy for them to retain their guys. If you're BC, you're not going to lose many recruits. And at the same time, I think if you're BC and you didn't recruit a kid at 15 and all of a sudden he's become a really good player at 17, they look at it as, no, I can't touch him because I wasn't first to the dance and he, re- he committed to someplace else. So they want the ability, I think, to recruit whoever they want at whatever time they want, which inclu- including means like Joe Canada, for example. Merrimack recruited him early before, I believe, BC and UNH both did, both made offers, and he could have jumped but said Merrimack was here first. That meant something to me, and, and I, I was loyal to that. Not everybody is going to be, obviously, as we've seen, but I think these other teams want the ability to... to, to the teams that have the ability to recruit whoever they want want to be able to recruit whoever they want at whatever time they want. I think that's a big part. And it's going to be other schools like Holy Cross here tonight that could suffer in the same time. You know, uh, David Barad, the new coach here, is able to you know get a couple of good players that come in, and maybe as you said, they, they start to they, they become that much better. They start to develop some interest maybe from some of the other schools who are going to say, well, you haven't signed yet, so you know they're going to pick up the phone and give them a call. My question is, how do you see what's going to happen to the relationship? Then you know you've already. Got 
got the other situation where some of the schools will be able to quote unquote pay players, um, the, you know, the big schools as it were, and that came up, came about as as a result of other sports, big time sports, and in, in football and basketball. But it could happen in hockey too. So you've got that going on, and that kind of different, uh, you know, uh, gap between the schools, the haves and the have-nots, if you want to call it that. Uh, and then this recruiting situation as well is it only going to widen widen the gap in the animosity between these schools some more? I think absolutely. I, I think it's already there. I know we wrote a story at CHN back in April during the coaches' meeting when this was all sort of being discussed, and, and it was described to, to me and to some other people. Uh, I think uh, Brad Schlossman of the Grand Forks Herald had similar reports that it was heated. You know, it wasn't a nice conversation. There was some animosity there. And I know, I, I think Nate Lehman of Providence, who was the chair of one of the committees, then uh, called Adam Morton, who's the editor at CHN, and said it wasn't, you know, it was there wasn't a mutiny, but there was discussion. So I think it's already happened. And I, and I think coaches, uh, I, I think there's a, a growing distrust among coaches, among themselves. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, going back to the bigger schools, I, I'm not sure I blame them. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're Jerry York, you're responsible for BC. And if, you know, while, while I think the gentleman's agreement should exist and I think people should follow it, I, I see his side of it. If his athletic director comes to him and says, why didn't we recruit Sonny Milano? He wanted to come here. If Jerry York's answer is, well, because he gave a, a promise of his word to go to Notre Dame. I think, you know, <laughs> the BC athletic director is going to look at it and go, I don't care. You know, th- your job is to look up for BC, not Notre Dame. So I see the point on both sides. Personally, my opinion is that they should stick to it. It's something that I think is, I, I think it's unique in hockey too because there's, uh, which we could get into, we could talk all day about this, but the Canadian Hockey League, there's no Canadian Hockey League in any other sport. Yeah, I'll tell you, a very, very interesting situation, and you're right, we'll have to come back to this at some point. But Mike, thanks for being with us. Folks, check out his work at themacreport.com and Eagle Tribune as well. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. Mike McMahon's been our guest here at the McMahon Report. Our score is Merrimack 2, Holy Cross 1. Back with the third period right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.